Is this thing on? Alright, cool. Alright, my name is Blackamore. I'm a nutrition and fitness consultant. I'm also the author of the book, Everything You Need to Know About Stocks for Now. Speaking of the stock market, it's looking kind of crazy these days. But if you was in the course, you already seen this coming. Hold up. Welcome, everybody. You are now listening to And if y'all know me, y'all know who did this beat. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm a nutrition and fitness consultant. And how I even came to be a how I even came to that. Because I just want to give a little background so y'all can understand why y'all listening to me, why I'm talking about the topics I'm talking about, and why you may want to hear my perspective or not. Uh I'm somebody who was once close to 300 pounds. I had high blood pressure. I was pre-diabetic, I had high cholesterol. And I had high cholesterol years before I put on a lot of weight. I had high cholesterol back when I was skinnier than what I am today. Okay, I'm talking early 20s, late teens, early 20s. And many of you may know or may not know that it's cholesterol, specifically quote unquote bad cholesterol, right? That is like a causative factor for heart disease and heart disease is the number one cause of death okay that's why i'm mentioning all this that's why this is important this is how i got on this journey for health i was able to reverse all of my conditions without taking any statins or any other type of medication um and i was also able to get all of that weight off of me and get back down to a healthy weight lost damn near 100 pounds close to 90 pounds like 80 some pounds i lost all right. <clears throat> and so that's kind of how how I got to where I'm at now. This is why you may or may not want to hear my perspective of things I had to say. But I learned a lot, not only on the journey, but after the journey as well. There was many things I learned that I was doing that contributed to my success that I didn't. I wasn't like doing it on purpose, but that's what made it easy for me, you know, because I tried to lose weight before. I was trying to lose weight for damn near two, three years prior to that. And I was always failing. Most I would lose is 15, maybe maybe 20 pounds, but like 15 pounds and I put it all back on with interest. Okay. So there was things that I learned that were where I could actually sustain it as a lifestyle. So with that being said, the topic I want to talk about is why does bad foods taste good? And why do good foods taste bad? Right? Most foods that are good for us, people don't look forward to eating. And most foods that we love to eat are bad for us. So now the question is, why? I think getting to the bottom of this is very important on establishing a strong foundation for sustaining a healthy lifestyle for those of you who are struggling with weight or health issues or both okay we shouldn't be going on these temporary diets you know going on these okay i'm about to just only eat this and that i'm never eating this again and then it lasts a week maybe if you're lucky sometimes we could 
If you're really good, we can do it for a month or two. And then we come right back. When we get to the bottom of this, this is how we are going to establish the mindset where we can sustain it forever. Okay? I've been eating the way I eat. I've kept all this weight off of me. I reversed my blood pressure and all of that. It's been six years now. Almost. Okay? Six years now. So I like to say that, you know, I would like to think that it's probably going to be like this for life. If I've kept this up for six years and I have no desire, I'm not... Uh, I'm not, people call me disciplined and say I have willpower and I'm here to tell you that's not really, uh, <laughs> I'm not really that disciplined. I don't really have that much willpower like that. Well, I won't, I won't say I won't have that much willpower. We all have willpower. You know, it's what you will or you won't do. But like, I'm not no super disciplined person. It's just when you understand certain things and you have a different approach, you get different results. So. Why do bad foods taste good? And why do good foods taste bad? First, we have to understand that those statements are lies. Okay? And before, hold on, real quick. Y'all have to also understand this. Reality is pretty much nothing more than your perception. Right? Our whole reality is just our perception of it. None of us really know reality we don't we're not even i don't think we even qualified or equipped to really process reality in its fullness we only have our perception from our perspective okay so our beliefs and our feelings are heavily involved in shaping and creating our reality right and with that being said the language that we use is the foundation of our reality. So let's. I, I want to. I want to lay that out first. Before we move forward. Okay. Language is the foundation of our reality. And how. What we believe. And our feelings. Is what. Helps structure and shape our reality. And it's going to structure our language. Right. It's going to inspire the language that we use to describe. And how we feel about our reality. So with that being said. We say good food tastes bad. Bad food tastes good. And I'm here to tell you that's a lie. How is it a lie? <clears throat> good foods taste good. That's the truth. Because that is what good tastes like. Okay? If a food is good for you, and once you taste it, you're tasting good. You're literally tasting the good food. That's what good food tastes like. Thus, good food tastes good. In the same vice versa. Bad food tastes bad. Because when you taste the bad food, you are tasting bad. So that's what bad tastes like. Thus, bad food tastes bad. We got we to gotta make sure we understand that first and believe it. You can choose to believe it or not. That's one thing about belief. You almost, you almost have choice with you. A lot of times we have choice with that. But that's another conversation for another episode. But once you understand and believe that good food tastes good because that's what good tastes like and vice versa. Then we'll be getting somewhere. Okay, because. Guess what? We taste with our brain. We don't taste with our tongue necessarily. I mean, I mean, it's connected, but it's really the brain. That's what we're actually tasting with. Your tongue is just a tool. 
that sends signals back to your brain and your brain tells you how you feel about it. Your brain tells you if something tastes good or not or sour or not or sweet or whatever. Okay? It's in the mind. Now, if it's in the mind and we know we can change our thoughts and our beliefs and things of this nature, we can actually alter the tastes of foods, so to speak. These are facts. The gustatory cortex is the part of the brain that is responsible for taste. We are not just born with these taste buds and you're just destined to like what you like and not like what you not like. Okay? How many times have you... I mean, just think. There's foods that you used to like when you were younger and you don't really like now that you're older. And it's food, and it's vice versa. There's foods that you didn't used to like when you were younger and now that you like that you're older. Your brain has changed a lot. You had a lot of experiences. And some of it is like natural. Your tongue is evolving. And that's another conversation. But a lot has to do with your experiences. Yeah. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> I don't really like uh, using studies and things like that as 100% because any, any and everybody can pull up a study or say whatever. But I do want to use this to help illustrate the point. There was, they did it with, um, it was like a hockey game, I believe. And, you know, the two teams played. Of course, one team is going to win, one team is going to lose. And, of course, there's fans cheering for one team and then there's other fans cheering for the other team. They gave the whole, they gave all of the fans this, this ice cream. It was the same ice cream. I forget the flavor. It's like salted caramel ice cream or something like that. But it was the same flavor, same brand. It's the exact same ice cream that they gave to everybody. The fans of the team who won enjoyed the ice cream more. They thought the ice cream tasted better than the fans of the team who lost. The fans of the team who lost, they didn't really care for the ice cream like that. But the fans of the team who won, they liked the ice cream. They continued to buy the ice cream in the future. For some of them, it became their favorite ice cream. Do you really believe that it's just coincidence that the fans of the team who won, who are in a better mood, who are happy because their team won, you don't think that had nothing to do with their experience with that ice cream? The fans of the team who lost, you don't think that them being bummed out that their team lost has something to do with their experience with the ice cream? Same ice cream. It should be the same across the board. What are the odds that everybody who's going to like the ice cream just so happen to be cheering with this team? What are the odds of that? Okay? That right there is a very subtle example of what's called conditioned food aversion for the fans of the team who lost or conditioned food preference for the fans of the team who won. Okay, we got to understand that. We have to understand that. It's about your relationships with these foods. I have a story for you. Well, it's not like a story story, but just speaking for myself personally. I used to. Not like guacamole or avocados. I thought they was disgusting. 
I thought they was just as bad damn near as black licorice. And now today I still don't like black licorice. And I don't think there's any type of uh, anything I could do to make myself like I don't have any interest in liking black licorice. But I, I damn near had avocados as being just as nasty as that. Okay. They was nasty to me. I never liked guacamole. Never liked avocados. Back in my more unhealthy days. I loved nachos. And the nachos consisted of what it will have some ground beef on it. I used to love burger. I like beef. I like beef period. I like steak and burgers, all of that, right? Sometimes I would get steak nachos, but usually ground beef. I used to like putting ground beef in different things. I would put ground beef. I tried having ground beef in my rumble noodles a few times. Uh, you know, spaghetti, of course, and the lasagna, whatever. You know, everything that you would put ground beef in. I loved. I liked it. You know, tacos. Love tacos. Tacos and nachos. Oh yeah, loved it. When we used to have barbecue for family events, my auntie used to make these nice, juicy burgers. Shout out to my auntie for those burgers at that time. Loved them. It was my favorite part of the barbecue. Favorite. Couldn't wait to have a function so she could whip up those burgers. Now, today, those things flipped. I'm not going to say, I don't love, well, I don't, it's close. I don't think I love avocados as useless as I must love burgers. But I do like avocados. A lot. I like avocados a lot. I eat them damn near every day. Habitually. A few times a week for sure. If avocados is an option, I like to always, I'll pay the extra $2 to put the avocado on whatever. And ground beef. Beef in general, but especially ground beef for some reason. Now, today, it disgusts me. Mind you, this isn't something like I used to like ground beef when I was a kid. We talking about just six years ago. Just six years ago. I loved burgers. I loved the nachos. I loved tacos and the ground beef that came along with it. Okay? Let's double meat. Put double the ground beef on there. We always kept ground beef at the house. Hated avocado. This is just six years ago. And... Just like that, with a mindset change. And it's not as simple as a mindset change. I'm going to go in a little more deeper to how I came to this, right? It wasn't as simple as, oh, okay, now I'm going to love avocados and hate ground beef. I'm not saying it was that. But ultimately, though, it was a mindset shift to now I love avocados and I'm actually disgusted at ground beef. <clears throat> how did I grow to love avocados? Um... Actually, let's do this first. Like I said, the hockey fans, right? Condition food aversion, condition food preference. When foods are associated with certain experiences, if it's a pleasurable experience, you are likely to, and if you're having food during that pleasurable experience, you're likely to like that food more. Than you would under any other circumstances, whether it was a neutral experience or if you had a bad experience, you probably really won't like it. You might even not like it. Okay, there's even been other studies. Uh, What did they do? I think it was somebody was trying to quit. Was it smoking cigarettes, I think? And then they had them. uh, I think they like had them like. Have cigarettes with like rot- I forgot exactly how the study how the study went, but it was something like with rotten eggs. I think they would put like a rotten egg smell to them with the cigarettes or whatever. And bottom line is, 
they conditioned his brain to not to where he gave up cigarettes. They didn't want to smoke cigarettes anymore. Cigarettes ain't food. Hell, it's more powerful than food. If you can give up cigarettes, you can give up any goddamn thing. If you could grow an aversion, which is to say a disdain, a disgust to cigarettes when you was addicted to them, that's very powerful. Imagine what you could do with food. Because food ain't even as powerful as cigarettes. Well, I don't know how true that is, but that's another story. So with the beef, I learned I had a high blood pressure, right? And I was pre-diabetic, high cholesterol. So I'm nerding out, all right? I'm doing a lot of studying. And I'm seeing how, you know, there's a lot of, lot of, lot of evidence about red meat maybe not being the best foods for you, okay? In fairness... Many will say it's not definitive, but it's a lot of, still a lot of uh, associations, a lot of non-favorable associations, okay? For meat in general, especially red meat. So I had that, right? Because, you know, the learning about the saturated fat, the cholesterol and all of that. And I also... So happened accidentally. I never went looking for this type of shit on purpose. But then, like, once I seen it, I was both. I couldn't turn away. but I was disgusted, but I couldn't turn away. It was one of them damn PETA videos. And they showing, like, the fucked up things that happen to animals. And they were showing, like, what happens to cows. And it looked, I mean, that shit looked like a horror movie. But for cows. But it was their real life. And it looked like torture to me. I, you know, I'm not even no animal lover. Like, like I say, I have a vegan diet or veganish diet, I should say. But I'm not. I didn't go vegan for because I'm an animal lover. I don't even like animals like that in general. I don't have no pets or nothing like that. But I still thought that that was fucked up how they was doing them cows. So with that disdain, and then knowing how I know that that affects my body, in my specific situation, especially with the blood pressure and the blood sugar. At that point, I kind of grew a dis. I was kind of disgusted by it. And I remember I went out to eat again. Um, this is like before I made the change, but very like, I think it's probably like the last burger I had. Um, we had went to Cheeseburger Paradise, I believe, and I ordered a burger. I couldn't even eat it. I couldn't even, I took a bite, I looked at it, it just disgusts me. I couldn't get that image out of my mind. I look, and I'm actually like looking at the burger, and it it just looked nasty, and it it looked like any other burger. So it's not like this place didn't have good burgers, and it and it and it continued to happen. Like when I I would just see burgers on other people's plate or something, I just I just was over that. I just was over that. On the flip side, with the avocados. I'm nerding out. I'm looking at all the different nutrients in it and how they affect the body. You know, it's a healthy fat and it got the fiber and all of this and the potassium and the magnesium and the avocados. And I'm adding it to my diet. I'm making sure I eat it at least every other day so I can make sure I'm getting my fats in. You know, because, you know, you go vegan, it's very, it's, you know, it's, it's naturally a low-fat diet, right? Unless you eating a bunch of hemp seeds or something. Out the gate, but hemp seeds isn't the most popular food. I wasn't even eating hemp seeds yet at the time. 
My biggest source of fats was probably cashews and ground flax seeds, I guess. Uh, so, you know, I wasn't dealing with butter or oils of any kind. So I was eating avocados as my main source of fat besides cashews. And so nerding out, knowing the specifics of how it's supposed to treat my body. And then seeing the results of that just two months later made me love avocados. To the point where I actually get pleasure from eating the avocados now. I actually get pleasure from it now. You understand? Mindset shift. Just from those experiences. Many of you may think you don't. It's foods that you're not like too strong about one way or the other. And you may think like you don't like it all like that. You could have just had a, 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 a not so pleasurable experience around that time and not even knowing that you're associating that food with that or vice versa. Food that you eat all the time, not understanding that you're associating a pleasurable uh, experience with that food. Because a lot of these quote unquote bad foods, what are we doing? You're eating them during a lot of your pleasurable experiences. Maybe you maybe about to watch your favorite show with your favorite people. You got your loved ones. You about to watch your favorite show. It's only right to eat your favorite food. It's only so you're gonna do what? You're gonna order from your favorite pizza spot. You're gonna get your favorite ice cream, right? Or them wings. All these foods that's not fried wings, of course. All these foods that's not serving you. But you're watching your favorite show. Dopamine is being produced because you're watching your favorite show. Oxytocin being produced as you connect with your favorite characters from the show. As you eat these bad foods. Tasting is the food is tasting bad because that's what bad tastes like. But number one, a lot of these foods, especially like the sweets, is drugs. So you have is designed to make an abnormal amount of dopamine produced so you can like the food more. And it's telling your brain that it tastes better than it actually does. In conjunction with you doing you consuming this food while you're having a pleasurable experience. So it's that association there, con- condition, food, preference. We're not typically eating healthy foods while we're doing things that we like. When do we tend to eat the healthy foods? It's after the illusion that you're living in kind of gets cracked a little bit. Maybe you had a doctor visit. Maybe you accidentally walked past the mirror. Seeing something you didn't like and said, damn, I got to do something about this. Right? You feel guilt. You feel shame. You feel upset with yourself. So you say, oh, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And then you and then you come with these like crazy goals, right? Because you're not trained. You, ha- you haven't been taught on how to properly make the transformation that you need to take. Right? You haven't hired a consultant or a trainer, somebody who's been through it, somebody who studied it, who really knows the steps it takes to do it. You just set these crazy, unrealistic goals. Yo, from now on, I'm about to do this. I'm about to do this crazy cleanse where I'm not going to eat nothing. I'm just going to drink this lemon and cayenne pepper water for eight days straight. And then I'm only going to eat leaves. And like you do this wild shit. And then when you fail on it, you feel even more fucked up because now you think like, damn, I'm a failure. I can't stick to nothing. I don't deserve it. This is what you think even subconsciously. And what do you do? You punish yourself now because you know that that bad food is really bad, but it feels good. So you get the best of both worlds. You get to feel good for punishing yourself by continuing to eat these bad foods. You get to feel good as you punish yourself. So you believe you're feeling good. And when you're eating those healthy foods, you're hungry 
because you're not getting the proper calorie intake or macronutrient intake. That's not a pleasurable experience. You're stressed out, producing cortisol, wondering why that belly fat ain't coming off even though you're eating as much. And cortisol ain't letting that belly fat come off because you're stressing yourself out from starving yourself. Improperly. Not even a programmed fast the right way. And then you may do some exercise. Either, either the exercises ain't feeling good because...